You're listening to the Death of a Film Bro podcast. My name is Peyton. I'm Joe. Thank you for joining us on our path to cinematic enlightenment. Welcome back to the Death of a Film Bro podcast. Um, the Golden Globes happened. At the time of recording this, that happened last night. Joe and myself watched it live as it happened. Now we are recording this little bit of an episode. I don't know how long it's going to be. We'll see. I'm hoping it's not too long, but we're just going to kind of take some time, discuss the winners, discuss some of the losers potentially, how that impacts the Oscars going forward. And then we have Critics' Choice coming up this week. SAG nominations, DGA nominations were both announced today. We are really heating up. We're rapidly, rapidly approaching Oscar nominations coming up in just a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's a very fun time in kind of award season. I mean, watching the Globes last night, I mean, just some really well-deserved wins. I mean, right at the top of the show was Kihei Kwan winning for everything I'm all at once. I mean, no surprise there, but yeah, I mean, no. just hearing his speech, I mean, his little shout out to Steven Spielberg and stuff like that. I mean, it was really cool and really well-deserved. And then kind of keeping with that same thing, seem theme my goodness i can't speak right now michelle yo winning in best actress musical or comedy was another mm -hmm. just great well-deserved win and i mean it just puts both of them right in contention for i mean they're just locks for noms really good chances of winning going forward and seeing them get recognition at kind of the start of this award season knowing that they're going to more than likely keep picking up some awards and recognition throughout the coming months was really cool. Yeah, the the night started like immediately right out of the gate with best supporting actor. And that was the moment that I was like, all right, this should be an easy one. It should be QA Kwan. He's been sweeping this whole award season, really has has not lost anywhere. Has picked up with critics groups, picked up every nomination needed. And this is kind of the first big award ceremony where we're like, all right, we need the win. And if there's a win here, I'm like, I feel validated that it's going to go all the way to the Oscars. And, and he won. His speech was amazing. Made me very like teary eyed. I also had yesterday before that, I watched the, um, the Hollywood reporters round table with Kiwe Kwan, Brendan Fraser, Austin Butler, Colin Farrell, Jeremy Pope and Adam Sandler. I watched that. It's a really great video. It's online. It's only an hour. But he says a lot of things during that interview that's really emotional, really great. And you see a lot of that in the speech and the other speeches he's given, the speech he won when he won at the Gotham Awards and these other sort of small awards ceremonies. You just see it's building up to that Oscar speech. And I don't think anyone is going to deny him that moment um, and deny the Oscars that moment. It was like with Troy Kotzer last year, we were like, the narrative is there, it's a deserving performance, and everyone wants to see the speech. So, I, I, it's, it's going to happen. It's, it is the one category in the entirety of all, all of the Oscars, it's the one category that I will commit to and say right now, the winner is a lock. It's not, I don't care about the nominations, like, he is winning that category, and I don't think anyone can argue anything else. We'll debate the nominations, you know, later this month before those come out. But when it comes to winning, is his Kiway Kwan's award to lose, and he is not going to lose it. Yeah, the nominations there are going to be the fun part. Seeing who from Fablemans, who from Banshees of Inisherin, kind of get in surrounding him. That's more that we'll get into later. But like you said, that winner's pretty locked up. Yeah. Also, towards the beginning of the ceremony, I mean, there's supporting actress has been the most mixed bag. I mean, you have different people showing up all over mm -hmm. the place, and the Globes did kind of what we expected, where they were going to do something a little weird, and I don't fully hate it. I don't think it's, like, the most deserving performance, but, like, I don't dislike the win, and I don't know. Angela Bassett's, like, really good in Black Panther. She doesn't have as much... I don't know. She is pretty central to the whole story. Yeah. I don't know. I think she's really good in the movie. Yeah, she doesn't have as much screen time as some of the other supporting performances, but she is the heart of the film, and her performance in it is the most dramatic. It has the most emotion associated with it. 
there's a lot of you know narrative around her as well. Um, she was she was who I predicted winning this award for the Golden Globes, but she was not my personal ballot pick. I kind of made two sets of predictions where who my predicted winner was. I went with Angela Bassett as my predicted winner, so got it. Woo! But I really wanted it to be Jamie Lee Curtis because I kind of I just want an everything everywhere sweep. I would have actually chosen like Stephanie Sue over Jamie Lee Curtis if she was here, but she was not nominated. But yeah, Angela Bassett. It feels like the Golden Globes pick. Makes a lot of sense. I think that really does solidify Angela Bassett as being in that five for the Oscar nominations. I think she's in. She's in the she, five. She's in the five. She's going to be nominated. The question's going to become: Is she winning it? And so this is where we're going to have to see if she picks up any of the others along the way. I really think that Critics' Choice and BAFTA are both going to go with Carrie Condon. Like I think that those are both going to go her way, and so. If that happens, then I think I probably will still predict Carrie Condon for the Oscar. I'm really interested to see if the Oscars are going to nominate um, Stephanie Sue, if they're going to nominate Dolly DeLeon, if they're going to nominate... I think Carrie Mulligan's kind of dead in the water now after SAG, if they're going to nominate Hong Chao. It's very interesting. Um, there's a lot of stuff happening there. But this was one of those ones that if you weren't ready for it, it, it probably could have surprised you that Angela Bassett won. But yeah, I, I wasn't that surprised. It it's weird that uh, someone has won for a Marvel movie. She was the first performance in a Marvel film to be nominated for a Golden Globe, and the first to win. So one for one, good job Marvel. But yeah, it's it's very unique, very interesting. I'm not mad at the win. I think that it's it is a deserved win. Wouldn't have been my personal pick, but I don't think that it was the wrong choice at all. I mean, yeah, I feel like while we're on the topic of acting, I mean that was the one that probably gives the most for us to talk about actor in a dramatic role um that ended up going to austin butler yeah there's still kind of what feels like a two-horse race between him and brendan frazier and then i mean he's so in the mix now with this win i don't want to count brendan frazier out yet because i feel like he might be able to pick up some stuff on the way to Mm -hmm. oscar nomination morning Colin Farrell wins for Banshees of Inisherin in musical or comedy lead actor. Mm-hmm. Easy, there was no questions asked. He was yeah, the that best was the performance easy. there. Yeah, that was easy. We we knew and nothing else was happening there. Like the, I don't know. The more I think about it, is like I'm leading actor is so interesting to me because I really really like all three of those performances. I all think they mm-hmm. are so equally deserving, and wouldn't really have a problem with any of the three winning the oscar yeah i don't know which way the oscars are gonna go i think right now butler's probably the front runner butler was he's he's moved into it yeah but butler was very much like my prediction with bassett butler was who i was i predicted to win the globe but not my personal preference my personal preference was frazier but i do think that butler just it was that was the globe pick that made the most sense but I do think Austin Butler is on his way to the Oscar. I think it's going to depend a lot on Critics' Choice, BAFTA, uh, SAG are kind of those ones where we want to see what they do, what we what they do there. Obviously, all three of those guys were nominated at SAG um, alongside Bill Nye, who was also nominated for a Golden Globe. Surprisingly enough, Adam Sandler is there in the mix with those four. So that'll be a conversation. Gotta come, love the sad man. That'll, that'll be a big conversation the sad man. When, when we're figuring out our, our Oscar nomination predictions. But it's going to be one of those three guys that's going to win. They are All three of them are locks for the nomination. I just I, There's no way that those three don't get nominated. The question is, it's which way do the Oscars go? And right now, I don't know which way they go. But I, I was not at all surprised with Austin Butler winning. And I, I I wouldn't be mad if he won the Oscar. I personally really want that Brendan Fraser speech. Um, I just think that moment is going to be a really sweet moment. He's just such a great man, very humble, very just a really cool guy. But I also would not be mad seeing a speech with Austin Butler because he had a great speech last night or seeing Colin Farrell win. Um, I love Colin Farrell's accent. I, I wouldn't mind to see him go up there and give a speech <laughs> on, you know, that Oscar evening. Yeah, and then I mean, we already touched on Michelle Yeoh, and then actress drama was Kate Blanchett for Tar. 
it just 100% solidifies mm-hmm. that the Oscars going to one of the two of them. Yeah. Other precursors where it isn't split up by like genre like the Globes are might give us a little indication on which way things are kind of swaying or leaning going into the Oscars, but they're both locked for nominations. It's between the two of them. And I mean, the interesting stuff with the category is figuring out who the other three are going to be that are going to be able to have their clip Mm -hmm. shown and have their names read alongside the two of them. But the win is between the two of them. It's so clear. Yeah, we, we know one and two. And you put them in whichever order you want. The question is who are three, four, and five? SAG nominated Ana de Armas, Daniel Deadweiler, and Viola Davis, which I could see that happening, notably snubbing Michelle Williams, who was nominated in drama as well at the Globes alongside Kate Blanchett. So it's very interesting. You know, again, we're gonna, you know, come back to that in a in a future podcast. But yeah, I I was not surprised at Kate Blanchett winning at the Globes. I was just like, easy one, Kate Blanchett's going to win this. Here we go. And then an interesting thing, though, that we do need to, you know, consider going, you know, towards the Oscars and, and who's going to win. Michelle Yeoh was there last night. She gave a great speech. Kate Blanchett was not in attendance. There was no speech. And I think that's going to matter. I think that Michelle Yeoh has been on this awards trail winning these awards and giving great speeches every time. And Kate Blanchett, she wasn't there last night, you know, and this was a ceremony that's in front of everyone. You know, we'll kind of see what happens at Critics' Choice and then we'll come, you know, around to it all eventually with nominations and the Oscars. But it's like, you know, I think that as far as campaigning goes, obviously neither of us are, like we're not a part of the Hollywood Foreign Press um, Association. We're, so we were not being campaigned to for the Globes, and we are not Oscar voters. We're not part of the Academy. We're not being campaigned to in the same way. But these actors and actresses are very much putting themselves in the public eye. Their production companies and their representatives are putting them in the public eye. I'm seeing way, way more of Michelle Yeoh than I'm seeing of Kate Blanchett right now. Um, everything everywhere mm-hmm. is everywhere in terms of being in the public eye. Tar it's the is moment. not as much, but it's because that's kind of the critic darling favorite movie being carried in by the critics group. So it's interesting. It's going to depend very much on how the individual, what the individual guilds, the they you know how they feel about one another. SAG is going to be a really big indicator of the Oscar. If Michelle Yeoh wins SAG, I have no problem predicting her winning the Oscar. Kate Blanchett Same. wins SAG. That's a big pickup for her. I might turn towards Kate Blanchett. I think we're going to we'll learn a lot at SAG cuz SAG is a really good predictor of the Oscar. I'm I'm pretty confident Jessica Chastain won SAG last year. I'm going to look that up while we're talking. I believe she did. That sounds right. So the winner for yes at SAG last year was they they predicted both Will Smith and Jessica Chastain, which we saw coming. Yeah, very easy. SAG is it, it's very often a, a great predictor of who's going to win the award because it's the same people voting, the same people that are voting in this, you know, the SAG, the Screen Actors Guild. Like they're they're the same members of the Academy that are voting for actor and actress. So yeah, yeah. So those were those were the acting awards for uh, movies. There was obviously TV and shows and stuff, but we don't really care about that as much. Not I'm not personally as invested. I hadn't seen most of the shows that were talked about. I personally was, I mean, I was rooting for Severance because I saw that one and rooting for the bear because I saw that one. <laughs> but I mean, I wasn't that invested in it. But yeah, those were our, our the acting performances from from last night. Some, I guess, maybe the biggest snub of the night. I think we should divert our attention there for just a second. Best motion picture, non-English language at the Golden Globes felt like a two-horse race between RRR from India and All Quiet on the Western Front, Western Front from Germany. It seemed too easy. It was going to be one of those two, and everybody was like, it's RRR. RRR had an amazing pickup with Best Original Song, Natu Natu winning. I was so happy. That was my personal pick and my prediction. Thrilled. Great win. I was like, all right, sweet. RRR is winning non-English language film. Easy. And then it was Argentina 1985 from, obviously, Argentina. And I don't know how it won. I feel like that wasn't 
it was it was four, maybe five out of the five for me. Because I think Decision to Leave was above it in my mind too. I don't think that's going to be an Oscars thing, but it's very interesting that it won at the Globes. It was a big surprise. I think everyone there was surprised, including the people from Argentina, 1985. Yeah, they definitely. It definitely seemed that way. I kind of agree with what you like just briefly said that I don't think it's gonna have longevity necessarily. Like that's the right word, I guess. I don't think it's gonna be an Oscars thing. I don't think it's gonna be where Argentina 1985 is gonna like pick up a crazy amount of steam and like be this like whole big deal. What it does kind of indicate is, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it fully rules it out either. Where some people were like, "Oh, RRR or All Quiet on the Western Front is kind of like." right on that edge of like getting into the best picture 10 at the Oscars, Mm -hmm. especially like all quiet on the Western front, not going to lie. Like the amount of like below the line, like tech nominations that they're like shortlisted for and all this stuff, Mm -hmm. like it's, it's kind of gaining steam. And it seemed like this would have a win here would have been just an extra thing to add on top of that and would have made people more confident. And now everybody's kind of just not necessarily like done with it, but like very seriously pumping the brakes on both of those two, like cracking into best picture. Yeah. If all quiet or RRR would have picked up a win here at globes, I would be putting them in my 10 for the Oscars. Yeah. I I'm everybody, everybody I'm out on RRR. I think RRR not getting it here is it's worse for it than it is for all quiet. Because All Quiet is still eligible in Best International Feature. So if All Quiet's kind of the front runner in International Feature at the Oscars, I think it still has a chance of getting into the Best Picture list. there. And because it has such strong technical prowess. If I recall, RRR was not shortlisted for VFX, correct? At the Oscars? It was not. So Notably snubbed. So RRR, really, like the only thing we're looking at is original song. And which it's going to get nominated. It's going to get nominated pretty much locked in. I think it's got a good shot at, you know, being very competitive there too. But I I agree. Is RRR's package going to be original song and best picture? No, it has to pick up something else. It's not picking up VFX. You'd have to pretty much say it's getting that fifth slot and director. Cause I think our fifth slot right now is really up in the air. I think we have four that are kind of pretty much guaranteed in from DGA. And then we have that fifth one that Joseph Kaczynski got at DGA that I'm just like, I don't know. It's, it's not going to be him at the Oscars. They never go five for five. So who's going in at that fifth I just spot? don't see it I just don't be an SS RRR for director. Yeah, I just don't see it being him. So RRR is out. I'm out on RRR. It's gone. It's dead. RRR is not happening. It's a bummer because it's good. <laughs> so my prediction would be to put in All Quiet, but... All Quiet needs to perform well at Critics' Choice, needs to perform well at BAFTAs. It needs to pick up some other, you know, maybe some smaller technical nominations and awards and stuff along the way. And we'll just see, come Oscar nomination morning, what it's nominated for. If it appears in a lot of tech categories and Best International Feature, I'm, I'm putting it in my 10. Yeah, you know, I would expect it to show up in that 10, um, which, you know, we'll see. Yeah, then. that's what I was about to say. So, yeah, it's very interesting where it's going to be at. We'll discuss all that later. But I think that Argentina 1985 winning last night was maybe the final death blow for RRR. And everyone was hyped about RRR because it won not to not to. And we were like, oh, hey, this is going to happen. And then immediately, like a little while later, oh, never mind. It's not happening anymore. Yeah, before we move on to like best film and stuff like that, quick little shout out to four for four. He's undefeated at the Golden Globes. Yeah, Justin Hurwitz. Yeah, well, we we yeah, my we man. have to hit all those other categories, but yeah, original score, absolutely. I think I think Babylon is sweeping this. Like, I just have so much confidence in it. Oh yeah, it's it's the best score of the year. It is maybe Hurwitz's best score. I think it's better than First Man, and I think it's probably better than La La Land. So, it's I think it's better than La La Land because I mean, like La La Land has a lot of like the songs, so it's like mm-hmm. it's different. Yeah, but um, it's, yeah, it's amazing. He, what it does for the well. movie is just like perfect. Is just perfect, mm-hmm. and I think I don't necessarily know how much the movie is happening anymore. 
I still think there's a chance that it like slips into picture because it's just going to be so undeniable in like score and production design and maybe some more tech categories. I still think it has best picture potential, but I mean, Hurwitz, he doesn't have, you can't think of him in the same way as you do like John Williams. Like Mm -hmm. he's not that legendary, but everything that he has done. Yeah. It's yeah, very different. E- but every single thing that he's done has been recognized, mm-hmm. and like he is like the awards people are like so familiar with him, and there's recency to it as well. I mean, he his name shows up and is consistently being talked about and nominated every three to like four years. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's really good. H- him winning here, you know, like you said, it was his fourth Globe, won two for La La Land, one for First Man. And then this is his fourth, you know, didn't receive any nominations for Whiplash, but also that's not surprising considering, you know, yeah. it was, it would have been a first time nomination and I don't even think Whiplash didn't even perform all that well at the Globes outside of J.K. Simmons. So the Whiplash uh, score is also like notably minimal because most of the music they're playing is mm-hmm. other music and not stuff that's like original composition. So we don't need to get into what is and isn't score in Whiplash, but we already kind of did. Whatever. Yeah, it it it. It's but yeah, notably different. Hurwitz, if he's, yeah, I just I just think he's the front runner. Like I think it, there's still so much up in the air on who's gonna get nominated and who's not and everything. I think it's very interesting still. But yeah. Babylon's a lock to get nominated. If I, people would lose their minds if he got if that got snubbed on like Oscar morning. Just like just imagine. Yeah, Babylon. Babylon, I see it getting it, it's a very not, similar I, nomination package to Dune. It's going to get Tex. It's going to be a lock to win score. And it's potentially not going to get anything above the line. That That's kind of where it's at right now. So, And it's like you want to say that this like win locks it up. But the last time Hurwitz won for a score at the Globes, the Oscars were like, eh, no. And mm-hmm. didn't even nominate it. Which is like still one of the craziest snubs. Like, oh my, oh, yeah, not being nominated for First Man was huge. But I think that this movie is it's a bigger deal than First Man. Every, everybody knows that it it's is. it's it's La La Land. You know, it's more like that because it's you know a Damien Chazelle original feature. You know, it feels it, it's it's different. It's just different from First Man. So I think yeah. it'll still get the nomination. Um, and if it's nominated, I mean, it should win. I yeah, I would predict it right now, one hundred percent. Some some other categories that I mean the easy one we knew was animated feature was Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio no surprises there really no reason to even dwell on it the speech was Loved fantastic his speech fantastic it's he needs to win I want Guillermo del Toro to win awards every year every year he should be winning an award just for being a great human being he's fantastic and then he's the other the other two that were kind of our precursors up to the two best picture awards were screenplay and director i predicted screenplay correctly i did not predict director so maybe let's hit screenplay first and then we can talk about director so screenplay it it came down if you remember from our previous episode or whatever it was between tar everything over all at once banshees of inishirin women talking and the fablemans those were the five and i predicted banshees winning there i think that it was like banshees was kind of always going to get that award i think banshees will probably win the oscar as well for screenplay it's, I agree. it's between Banshees and everything everywhere, but it was. I just felt very confident that it was going to be Banshees here at the Globes, so I wasn't surprised to see it there. Yeah, I think this is a good precursor to kind of tell where the Oscars are going to go. I think Banshees, with this win, I was already kind of confident in it anyway. It's just dialogue heavy. Like All of the movie is like about conversations for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like It just is. And it's so well written. It's like so deserving. And I think this win kind of locks it up for original. And then out of these nominees, the only adapted is Woman Talking. And mm-hmm. we've said it all along. The movie is called Woman Talking. It's winning adapted screenplay. <laughs> yeah. Notably, this was really one of only a couple categories that Women Talking received a nomination in. It was, it was nominated in screenplay nominated in score and i think that's it right there yeah that's it 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 was supporting it was was it yeah it was notable because this is one of the awards where they nominate this is is it this one or is it critics where they nominate six for the acting awards that's critics choice 
Okay. Even at Critics' Choice, they there was six and none of them got in. Yeah, I like all of women, their act, women like talking, all of their acting is done. Women, women talking is probably out of my ten for best picture at this point, but it'll be getting a screenplay. So getting getting adapted screenplay is pretty huge. So it you know it needs to be in the conversation for the ten. I still think it might get in because like there's know. that fifth slot in director where like Sarah Polly could just happen, and it wouldn't surprise me necessarily. It could. And it could, I still think it could happen. And it's going to get score. It's going to be in score. Potentially. That's where, we'll see. You know, we'll, we'll discuss all this later. But yeah, screenplay, not yeah, surprised. Yeah, yeah. Not surprised it being Mark McDonough, Banshees of Sharon. I would have really liked to see it being everything everywhere all at once. But I think it's probably a good thing it wasn't everything everywhere. And I'll discuss that more after we get through our picture winners. But I have a theory on why this was the perfect night for everything everywhere at the Globes, even though they didn't win key awards. One of those key awards here was director. Director, very interesting. Um, we kind of all thought Fablemans was dead in the water. Fablemans, the BAFTAs, they made it very clear that they hate the Fablemans. It was noticeably missing like from movie. every long list at the BAFTAs, pretty much. <laughs> like, it just wasn't there. And so we were like, okay, you know, maybe people don't like the Fablemans. And noticeably, like, neither of the Fablemans boys were here at the Globes. You know, and it's just no one knows what was happening with Fableman. So everybody kind of was moving off of Spielberg. And so then you're like, okay, who is the Globes pick if it's not Spielberg? And it never felt like it was Martin McDonough. That doesn't feel like the Globes pick. It just doesn't, it doesn't feel like it. So my prediction was James Cameron. I thought there, I, everybody moved to James Cameron. I really thought too that. Baz Luhrmann had a fantastic shot at winning here. Um, I didn't want it, but if Baz Luhrmann was ever going to win an award, it was going to be at the Globes with Austin Butler winning here. Elvis had a pretty good, you know, like it just, it feels like a Globes thing to give it to Baz Luhrmann. Mm -hmm. And, you know, so I, my personal pick would have been the Daniels, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheiner, but I predicted James Cameron and it was neither. It was Steven Spielberg, and and we doubted him, and maybe we should not have. Yeah, I think as we were going through the night, I I don't know. It's hard because it's like ah, I could like feel the narrative forming for the Daniels to also be able to walk up on stage and give a speech after Kie Kwan, after Shoyo, and the way they talked about them, mm-hmm. and it's like these two guys in a twenty four, they like gave us the shot that like other people wouldn't Mm -hmm. and it was this story and it was their direction and they wanted us to do this it felt like the narrative was forming during the show and it was progressing to that point but the hollywood foreign press doesn't vote in real time this would all been decided already Mm -hmm. and the night ended with fablemans it ended with spielberg it ended with best drama fablemans yeah it was like all right. Yes, Spielberg winning here. It's like all right, Fableman, Fableman's yeah. alive. This this was a win that Fableman's needed. Fableman's winning director. It became immediately clear that Fableman's was winning drama. I when I was thinking mm-hmm. that director was going elsewhere, I thought the drama category was very up in the air. It could have been any of the five, and I wouldn't have been that surprised. But Spielberg winning director. It was immediately clear Fableman's is winning drama. So. Yeah. Fableman's left with a very nice package of two very big wins that kind of um, revived the film in a way that it hadn't had in a little bit. And now it's very much back in that conversation. I kind of have knocked it in my mind. We haven't obviously made a list in a little while where we've talked through these together, but Fableman's had kind of moved from two to three in my mind. I've moved Banshees up and it might still be there, but Fableman's is not dead. Fableman's has life. It really is a three-horse race for the Oscar at this point, and I could see it going any of three ways. And I think the three ways it goes is you go, you look at maybe the first 80 or so years of the Oscars. If the Academy was voting like they voted for the first 80 years, then Fableman's wins. If the Academy is voting like they've done for like the last 10 years, Banshees is winning. But if last year, with Coda winning, if that was a new trend, right, if it wasn't a fluke, if that was a sign that things are changing, and maybe that's the future of the Academy, 
then everything everywhere is winning. I think you kind of you're distinctly representing three different approaches to film and ways of thinking about film. Uh, they're very different styles. You've got kind of the love letter to cinema by an acclaimed director who's telling about his life, biopicy kind of thing that feels like the classical academy that we've always known. And then Banshees of Inishirin is this more take a step back, reflective, subtle. It it feels more like moonlight. It feels more like The Shape of Water. It feels Parasite's kind of different, but it is still it, it was a different film. You know, some of those best picture winners. It it's a little weird. It's not the traditional thing. And the Academy kind of like was in that phase. You know, about ten years or so. Banshees feels like what we've become kind of accustomed to winning. And then last year was very different with Coda winning. And Coda feels a little bit more like Everything Everywhere, kind of that underdog movie that nobody saw actually making it into the Oscar conversation. And it's slowly picking up these awards and becoming a powerhouse and in the screenplay conversation and in the acting conversation and all this other stuff. So it's not as much of a underdog as Coda was, but it feels like three very distinct approaches to film, and I could see all three of them winning for very different reasons. They're all going to have great Oscar packages, I think. So it's like, who wins? It. I don't think we're going to know who wins until that night when we see some of the other awards that are picked up along the way. Because if Everything Everywhere wins screenplay, it's a winning picture. If Everything Everywhere wins director, I think it's winning picture. It needs one of those two awards. If it doesn't pick up either of them, who knows? I don't know. You know, it's very, very interesting. This is like one of the most fun years for awards ever. It's amazing. Yeah, I think one of like the like ideal timelines in my mind is that everything everywhere picks up its two acting nominations, its two lead performances, and then McDonough picks up a screenplay for Banshees. Spielberg wins director. If that happens on Oscar night, there's going to be no indication. They're all going to have their own individual packages. Mm -hmm. One place you can look that's not awarded at the Golden Globes is editing, Mm -hmm. which is just always like it's always an indicator and it's like always kind of there. And I think all three of these movies, because they are the movies, they're the three. I think they'll all be there. And I think all of them kind of have a little bit of a case to win they're all doing kind of different things like everything everywhere mm-hmm. is like doing the most editing and then like the other ones are a little more subtle but sometimes they go for that and i don't know there's like all kinds of little indicators i think all of them have different kind of below the line nominations that they could mm-hmm. get that kind of bolsters their case but i also i think they're all just gonna have a ridiculous amount of nominations and things are just gonna still like remain so unclear like it's gonna be so clear that they're the three front runners. But which one is ahead? Yeah, it's going to be hard to, to tell. Be a total mess. So, all right, let me let me. This is totally not what we're talking about with the Globes, but I just want to know your opinion. All right, it's Oscars night. Everything Everywhere has picked up supporting actor, picked up lead actress, and you know, let's say it, it picked up you know maybe maybe a tech or two along the way. Um, I don't know what those are, but I don't think editing. You know, let's say it doesn't get editing. Let's say Top Gun gets editing. Okay. So none of the three that we're discussing. Banshees picks up screenplay, and let's say it picks up Colin Farrell. And then we say Fablemans picks up director. Where do we go? I think Fablemans really needs to pick up another award to be in that conversation. I think it's between Banshees and everything everywhere. What's the stronger package? You know, screenplay and actor, actress supporting, plus, you know, maybe a tech, you know. I don't know where you go. The thing is, is I... I would also, thinking about just like what I would predict right now, I'm also still, it's like kind of my personal preference because I think she has the best supporting actors performance of the whole year. But like, I still think Carrie Condon's going to happen. And like, you throw that into the mix. Yeah, if you I don't put... know. I'm like, every day I'm becoming yeah, more of like, of a like, of like, I think Banshees of Anishirin is going to win Best Picture. It's certainly starting to look like that. The way that it like doesn't I just happen is feeling. if Daniels they get director. That's that's where it doesn't happen. That's when we have a real race. I think and like, Banshees I just, is maybe one. I just it's hard. It's hard. 
I don't know. I just don't feel confident in Daniels. I wish I did. I really wish I did. So here's so and here's I don't where know if I, I necessarily have a reason not to, but like I just I don't I don't feel it. Here's where I, I just think they're doing I just think they're doing Spielberg. Yeah, I so here here's here's where I think that this is a good night for everything everywhere. Like I alluded to earlier. Mm-hmm. It didn't go completely in their favor. I haven't heard this. I want to see where you're yeah, going. It, with it. it didn't go totally in their favor, right? They didn't win director. They didn't win picture. So, you know, that's that was like the ideal scenario. But if everything everywhere wins director, they win picture, they win actor, or, or they win supporting actor, they win actress. Like if they come away with those four globes, they are immediately immediately the front runner for the oscar there is no conversation about anyone else it is everything everywhere is the front runner and then they become the front runner through critics choice through sag through bafta through oscar nominations and they're going to be the favorite all the way until a week before the oscars and then it's going to flip to banshees of inishirin or the fablemans or whatever you put in there probably banshees that happens once you started rattling everything off it like it clicked in my mind where I was like, all right, you're playing the narrative. Yes. And so, I get it. So this is where this Everything night, Everywhere is weird, and it's not mm-hmm. what a prototypical Best Picture winner mm-hmm. would look like. It needs the narrative. And right now, it is still the underdog because it was snubbed. It was snubbed director. It was snubbed Best Picture musical or comedy. That narrative is just going to fuel the everything everywhere train more than the wins would have ever done i think so i think that this was actually a really good night for everything everywhere all at once we will see how they perform at critics choice i think everything everywhere is going to perform very well at critics choice it i don't think the film was too weird for critics the critics are a big reason why this film is still being talked about today when it came out in april you know it, I think, is going to do well at Critics' Choice. It was nominated everywhere it needed to be at SAG. It was shortlisted everywhere at BAFTAs, but, I mean, so were Banshees. Banshees is going to have a wonderful day at BAFTAs because it's an Irish film. It's just going to do well at BAFTAs. So it it's going to be really mm-hmm. interesting, but I think that Everything Everywhere still has that shot of being the the little indie movie that could, and it wins at the end. But I think the way that it wins is by there being another movie that people think is more likely than it, which is Banshees. Which is why when my gut right now is telling me Banshees, I don't think I can actually predict Banshees. I think I have to predict everything everywhere. Because it's like the gut telling us to predict the power of the dog. And then there's Coda. The gut telling you mm-hmm. to predict... Uh, what was... um. Oh my goodness. Parasite year. What was what was our front runner? 2019. What were we all I mean there was there was joke nineteen seventeen was the front 1917 runner. Nineteen seventeen was a big one. Yeah, yeah. It was nineteen seventeen. Nineteen by the time we got to Oscar night, it was nineteen seventeen. It pulled away from Joker and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mm-hmm. and all those other ones. They're like, yeah. ah, they're gonna pick up their production design and mm-hmm. their score and their acting and stuff and like cinematography. that. Cinematography. Yeah, it's gonna get all the settings and then boom. But then Parasite. It comes in and steals it. Or La La Land, Moonlight, more, it, it actually kind of stole it on stage, you know, with the whole fiasco, but it just feels like that's kind of the way the Oscars happen. And it might be stupid to predict that that's going to happen, but it happens so often that if my gut is telling me Banshees of Indian Sheeran is going to win, I don't think I can predict them to win. So it's, it's super yeah, interesting. And we, it's going to be a lot of talks- fun. We talk so much about packages and stuff like that. I mean, like, it's, we talk so much about it, about, like, ah, it's going to get, like, this, 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 and this. And, I mean, two of, like, the bigger where it's, like, there is a front runner in one movie that just clears house in terms of just nominations. We've had it where, like, the years I think of is the La La Land year mm-hmm. and last year, where Power of the Dog and La La Land just had freaking everything mm-hmm. and then a little cute little movie comes in and they get their little supporting actor nomination and win and then they get their screenplay and win and then they just win best picture and they get three awards and that's all they get yeah i think that right now i think and i think director if director goes 
to like to Spielberg, I think that's okay because in recent years, director has not determined picture. I mean, you you got it with Chloe Zhao, you got it with Bong Joon Ho, and you got it with Guillermo del Toro. But then before that, it was you had to go back to you know 2012, 2011. There was a really strong record of it in the 2000s. You know, you had Peter Jackson, you had Clint Eastwood, you had uh, Joel Cohen and Ethan Cohen, got Danny Boyle, Catherine Bigelow. Like in the 2000s, director and picture kind of came along together a lot. But then in more recent years, you've got, you know, it kind of splits. You've got Jane Campion getting it, and then Coda wins. Or you've got Alfonso Cuaron, Cuaron getting it, you know, for Roma, and Birdman wins. Or La La Land, Damien Chazelle winning director, and Moonlight getting picture. So everything everywhere can afford to not get director, where it, it, it's helped, it's, it helps its case if it gets director, but I don't think it not yeah. getting director is the end of the world. I think screenplay, though, is really, really important. Um, that's going to be the one that's going to determine a lot. Yeah, I think screenplay is really big. And I think because I feel comfortable with Banshees in that category is like why I'm still like feeling it. Even though, like you said, I I wouldn't be surprised and I wouldn't be unhappy with everything ever all at once. Mm-hmm. Just winning. Like not winning screenplay, not winning director, and like give McDonough his flowers for his writing, give Spielberg his flowers for for his direction. Like they're both deserving. I think like McDonough's writing is better than everything I want once is writing. I think Spielberg's direction is incredible and the story and the narrative of like what Fablemans is and what he talked about in his speech at the Globes. I think all of that is there and I understand it and I won't hate the win. But at the end of the day, I still think, like you said, it's the little engine that could. Mm-hmm. I think it can happen. I still think it could so happen. But you just can't discount the other two, and that's why this is so much fun right now. Yeah, it's exciting. Right now, I feel like it's very easy for us to jump to conclusions, but you, we got to keep in mind that I mean, that's our whole thing, are, is we're trying to yeah. jump to conclusions. Well, but I'm saying globes are just a small snippet, and globes are, they're, oh, not, yeah. they're not the people that are voting at the Oscars. And Critics' Choice, they're not the people voting at the Oscars. Where we're going to get more indication is from the guild awards those always provide more insight so you know the sag nominations were very very insightful the dga nominations were really insightful like they kind of show you where those nominations are heading so we'll definitely in our next predictions base a lot off of that but when you can look at globe winners and critics choice winners side by side and then we get to bring baftas into that in february once we look at that spread and we're able to look at those three award shows, see what kind of did well. That's going to, together, we get a clear indication. Right now, we've just got one piece of the puzzle. So it's exciting. It's exciting. I feel like I say that a lot. I guess we're, we're really near our time here. I think the only other thing to maybe talk about is, so we've talked about everything that won. And, you know, we talked about it was a, a big loss tonight for RRR and All Quiet. You know, they were some big losers of the night. Are there any other losers? from the Golden Globes that you think it was it was tough for them. I think one of one of the losers, you know, it it's tough because, you know, there were, there's just so many ways it could have gone, but I think that I think that Spielberg winning director kind of hurts James Cameron's shot at getting in the 5 at the Oscars cuz I think this was the place for James Cameron to win in my mind. It's, yeah. I don't know why. That's just kind of my feeling. Maybe that's, you know, totally not deserved. But I think that I can still, they were kind of, I he was kind still of a think loser. Cameron has a, I still think Cameron has a good shot of making the five. His movie's going to be a slam dunk for VFX. And I think oh, cinematography is going to go right along with it. I don't think it's going to win. I don't know if it's going to win cinematography, but it's going to get nominated. He didn't get DGA. And he didn't get DGA. And that, that makes it hard because oh. Todd Field got DGA. Mm-hmm. The Daniels got DGA. McDonough got DGA, Spielberg got DGA, and then Joseph Kaczynski. They put Kaczynski in over Cameron. And, you know, Kaczynski's going to be the one to replace. I think those other four are in at the Oscars, and you have your five. But it's like, is it Cameron? I don't don't know, man. If Avatar was a top five contender, maybe. But I just, I don't know. There's three more of them coming out. Are they going to nominate him this time around? 
Are they going to wait? Are they going to Villeneuve him? You know, there's so many, could be a so situation. many deserving directors. I don't know. If Cameron would have picked up a Globe win, I think we would all say, yeah, he's solidly in that five. I think. That's, oh yeah, I think that's much what, more confident. I think that's what makes him, you know, one of the big, big losers from the Globes. Also, kind of a big, not not a big loser, but like you know, a, a loser from the DGA that also came out today. If you aren't familiar with it, we, I, we say SAG and DGA a lot. Like everyone knows what those are. SAG is Screen Actors Guild, and then DGA is um, Directors Guild. So it's directors who put in, you know, the directors. So and those are the same people that are voting on director. So if they, you know, aren't willing to put Cameron in the five at DGA. Are they going to put him in at the Oscars? I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, I think probably what I would look at and like what sticks out in my mind as far as biggest loser of the night and somebody that kind of needed to pick up a win to get some narrative going and momentum going, we had already kind of touched on it when we talked about actor, but Brendan Fraser. Like, I think Brendan Fraser needs to pick up a win somewhere at one of these guilds mm-hmm. or at Critics' Choice or something like that to put himself back in the race. Or it's going to be like, oh, yeah, he's 100% going to get a nomination, but it's going to be all Colin Farrell or all Austin Butler. Yeah. we Like, he needs a win. He needs a win to make it a three-horse race again, because right now it's starting to feel a little more like two, and they're going to give him kind of like almost what it feels like a courtesy nomination, where it's like, yes, he is one of the five best performances, but he's not really going to be really mm-hmm. in the conversation unless he picks up a big win, and it's like, oh, we need to pay attention to him again. Yeah, Frazier needs to win at Critics' Choice. I just think Frazier does. and Like, both of those two guys I getting just, to go up on stage because of the genre split and get to go on stage, accept an award, talk. I think it, it makes a difference. Yeah, if... So, I, I think that Critics' Choice could very well go with Colin Farrell. I think Frazier needs to pick up Critics' Choice or SAG. Needs to pick up one of those two. If Frazier picks up neither, it's, you know, the Frazier train, I think, is over. It becomes Butler and Farrell, and, you know, which one of them. If Farrell picks up both SAG and Critics' Choice, I'm predicting Farrell. If Butler picks up one of those yeah. two, I'm picking Butler, you know? I think it's it's really going to come down to that, in my mind. Frazier needs to pick up one of those two, because I think Farrell gets BAFTA, you know? I just I just think that's... They, they could also go with Paul Mescal, because after Sun could see them doing that it's they're you know they're british yeah. film indie darling you know they could do something weird the baftas are not afraid to do something weird so i don't know it's it's gonna be interesting but yeah i agree i agree with you brendan Fraser needs a win i didn't ever think it was coming at globes so that's why i don't think he's like it's not his biggest loss of the night you know but it is still a, a loss to his campaign and he needs to pick up a win here soon so we'll see what happens we'll see if he picks up one because he he needs something. Um, there, there were several kind of losses from SAG, but I think we'll get to that when we talk about our predictions before Oscar nominations. But there were definitely some. If we get into that, we'll add an extra twenty minutes yeah. to this episode. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a interesting night. Most everything went the way I expected it to, with the exception of director and you know picture. I kind of thought both picture ones were going to be different, but that's because I was predicting something different in director. Because if you predict Daniels in director, you're predicting them in picture, you know. So it all changes. But at the end, at the end of the day, I wasn't that surprised last night. I felt like it was a really good ceremony, you know, them coming back. I think that, or maybe not really good. I think it was an okay ceremony. I think there were some really good moments. There were some good jokes. There were some good speeches. Um, it could have. You know, it could have been a lot worse. I think the worst part was the playoff music. It was terrible. It was so <laughs> bad. When they when they played off the guys from Argentina nineteen eighty five, it just gave me flashbacks to the Oscars last year when they played off Riazuki Hamagachi for Drive My Car. Cause like this person, English is not their first language. It's taking them longer to say what they want to say, and you're gonna play them off at the end. And it was at the part where they switched and they were they were they were not speaking English at that point. They were switching and talking to their family, and you're gonna play them off the stage. It was ridiculous. There, that was just such not a yeah. great part of last night. But that's how award shows be. There was no real drama. There were there were some edgy jokes. 
that 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 happened last night. There were <laughs> you can probably find a best of a best of jokes from last night. You can find kind of some of the jabs they took. You can find those online um, from Jared Carmichael. Some jabs that he took at you know Tom Cruise and Will Smith and um, <laughs> Regina Hall's jab at Kevin Costner and like you know all that sort of stuff. There, there were some funny moments interspersed in the night, but yeah, at the end of the day, it was good. Um, there were uh, obviously TV wins, which we're not going to discuss, um, really. But I will say, I was very happy that Jeremy Allen White won for best performance by an actor in a television series, musical or comedy. I'm surprised. The Bear is a musical or comedy it, where they separate it because it doesn't feel like a comedy, but okay. was very happy with that win out of the TV ones. And then Zendaya winning for Euphoria, that was exciting because she's great in Euphoria. And I was very surprised House of the Dragon won Best Television Series. But that's not what we're here to talk about, but I did feel like they were worth addressing. <laughs> Do you have any other thoughts about the Golden Globes before we close this one out? Eddie Murphy is a goat. He is. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Great, great, great night for Eddie Murphy. Got his, uh, it's not a Lifetime Achievement Award. It's the, it was the, the Cecil B. DeMille Award was what it was. So, but it's, it's very similar to kind of a Lifetime Achievement Award like they do at the Oscars and stuff. It was very good. Really great montage towards Eddie Murphy. He gave a good speech too. So it was a good night. We have Critics' Choice coming up on Sunday. Some more Guild nominations will be announced this week. I think PGA nominations are potentially this week. Producers Guild. I'm going to look it up and see what day those are happening. Because they should be very soon. Uh, I don't know. Can't find it. Oh, well. Those are coming up. A lot of exciting stuff. We will be reacting to the Critics' Choice Awards after those happen. And then we will be doing kind of one last prediction before the Oscar nominations. Before those happen, we will be making our official predictions, and that might be split up into two episodes, some above-line categories, below-line categories, but it's coming. It's very soon, and then we get into BAFTAs, and then we get to the Oscars, and then we've done it. We've made it through Oscar season, and then we get to start all over again, so that'll be fun, but that's all we have for now, so we'll say thank you for listening, goodbye for now, and we will see you after the Critics' Choice Awards. Thank you for listening to the Death of a Film Bro podcast. Be sure to follow Peyton and myself on Letterboxd at jhenry24 and Peyton J. Shelton. And you can follow us on Twitter at deadfilmbro.